What do these things all have in common? Vlad the Impaler, Pele's Castle, Wednesday Adams, the city with eyes, one of the most unique and scenic roads in the world that's only open five months per year, and furry friends. If you've guessed one of the most fascinating tours we've ever experienced, you'd be right. Welcome back to Finding Gina Marie, where we share our lives as full-time travelers and the connections we make along the way. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Judy. And I'm Kevin. Although Bucharest was our primary destination in Romania, we heard many lovely comments about the small towns to the north scattered throughout the Transylvanian Alps and Basin that we knew our trip would not be complete without seeing a few of them. Boy, are we glad we did. These two days had some of the most amazing highlights of our entire trip. You'll want to stick around to the end because the finale of our expedition turned out better than we could have ever expected times four. And as always, we've got prices to share with you at the end of our video, so stick around. This is a super popular tour, so if you're interested in it, we advise you to book early. It took us three times before we could get the date that we wanted. The tour company is One Excellence Tours, and our guide and driver was Emmanuel, and he was amazing in every way. The tour is small, just Emmanuel, us, and two people from the UK, John and Maxine. By the end of it, we felt like family, and that's one of the best things we love about traveling. It was a bit of a rainy trip, and the Transylvania fog did settle in a few times, but we didn't allow that to deter us. There's a ton more to see than what we're sharing, but hopefully these glimpses are the motivation you need to consider Transylvania as a destination to explore. Emmanuel shared many things with us along the way, but we got up to a thousand meters in altitude and stopped for a bite at Pelisor Castle, which was the summer residence of the first king of Romania. It is part of the same complex as the larger castle of Peles. It was an incredibly peaceful location, and we love that there was seating that allowed people to just eat and soak in these incredible views. You can tour that castle as well, but it's smaller and a more modest version of Pele's castle. The less formal quarters of the royal family are here. It's much more understated except for the gold room, named because it's almost completely covered in 24 karat gold leaf. If you see nothing else in Romania, you must see Pele's castle. It's nestled in the Carpathian Mountains, which form an arc around Central Europe and are the third largest mountain range in Europe. The German architect's influence is evident in many of the aesthetics. There's also a strong Italian elegance and Renaissance influences. It's 34,000 square feet and has 170 rooms. It's also the first European castle to have electricity beginning in 1884, and it even has its own power plant to generate the electricity it needs to light up its 1300 light fixtures. The foyer has a stained glass mechanical roof that opens. You see the painted glass roof? It was ordered in Zeppler, Munich, Germany. And guess what? That roof, it is opening and closing electrically and like the tennis cards in our days. Uh, yeah. The mechanism is still working. I saw it open it. They open it when they clean the leaves in October. The first projection movie was in this castle in 1906. Everything you see in the castle is authentic. We were shocked at how much innovation they used to build this castle. In fact, it also had central heating. Yeah. You see the fireplace, it's just decoration. <laughs> we had to ask our guide, is all this original? He said, oh yeah, they just thought ahead. 
There's a tragic story here as well. King Carol and his wife Elizabeth had a daughter named Maria who died at four years old. There are four angels here in the foyer that represent each of the four seasons and are meant to represent their daughter at the age that she was when she passed away. Elizabeth never got over the grief of losing her child at such a young age. The wood carving and ironwork are absolutely exquisite. It took 10 years for the castle to be completed, which is actually a pretty short amount of time when you consider how much detail is here and how many items have been curated to create these unique rooms. You can certainly admire everything here without a guide, but you miss so many nuances of everything you're seeing that it really is worth booking our tour to really appreciate everything that's here. For example, the armory room's walls are covered by 4,000 weapons. The lion, shown here carved in wood, is an important symbol of Romania's. In fact, the name of its currency, Lu, means lion. The most important piece of the entire armory collection is the top sword. You know, we have actually the most precious piece of the entire armory collection. It's the Turkish Grimsworth 18th century. I let you guess the cover, it was made by everybody say Jade. I was gonna say Jade. No, no. it's shark skin. Oh, no. It's shark skin painted in green and decorated with very precious little stones. The library contains 30,000 books on a variety of cultural topics in four different languages. Stereotypical of spy novels, the library has a bookshelf with only faux books that are part of a secret moving panel. It was actually used as an escape route by the king after the audiences and also as a shortcut for the queen to go to the music chamber. Of course they wouldn't let us go in. Tried to walk over to it. No. <laughs> no. There are three rooms that pay homage to Italy. The chandelier is made from Murano glass. The door frames are made by Italian marble, white marble Italian. The doors are carved in massive bronze and are unique because they burn the plants after they carve the doors. These massive wall-sized mirrors were hard to film, but they are stunning. Because they're so large, these mirrors had to be lowered in from above through the retractable roof, which is lucky they thought ahead and built such a beautiful roof to do that. After dining, men and women would separate and retreat to different rooms. Women had a smoking room, and outside the men's room was a large fountain to obscure the sound of their gambling. For all the original and expensive accoutrements in this castle, there was a practical side to its construction as well. These columns only look like marble. Plaster mixed with sand to make these columns that do look like marble. The exterior of the castle and its grounds are stunning. I felt like I could have stepped back and just stood and stared for hours at the magnificent views. All right, we're back on the road again. If you've watched the recent Netflix TV series, Wednesday, which is about the precocious daughter from the Adams family, you'll have seen Nevermore Academy. The actual filming location is here at Catacuzino Castle in Busteni. There's an entire tour you can take with the other spots in Romania where the scenes were filmed, including Sanaya train station. Our next stop is Bran, to see what's commonly known as Dracula's Castle. It's worth seeing primarily because it's an impressive looking castle and the grounds are beautiful, but otherwise it's way over commercialized. It's a long wait to get into the castle, so Emmanuel used that time to fill us in on some of the history. Hungary gave the power in the 15th century to Brasov Fortress, which is on that way, to build here this fortress 
to be used as a custom because the fortress is exactly on the hill, exactly at the border with Valachia, which is actually on that way. So south and north. The northern tower is the highest point of the fortress. It was built, like I said, 13th century, 14th century. The shape of the castle was changed during 600 years. Instead of going inside with us, he let us go it alone so we could move more swiftly through the castle, which worked out well. It's been marketed as the home of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but that's primarily because it has a thread of commonality with Vlad the Impaler, who shares his name with Dracula. It's now a museum containing Queen Marie's collection of furniture and art, and then hyped with some corny holographic images. Some of them are really bad. You can see the stone fortification walls all around the exterior. The castle was almost exclusively built and used to provide protection for German colonists in Transylvania. There are some very picturesque views of the exterior of the grounds from upstairs inside the castle, which almost make the crowded tour worthwhile. If you're pressed for time, this is probably a castle you can skip, especially if you're not interested in the Dracula stuff. I think you can still skip some of the corny stuff and have the trip be worthwhile otherwise. One of the most picturesque towns on our trip is to Brazov, where we stopped for lunch and it was a quaint little town. And although we didn't have enough time to spend there, it at least gave us a flavor of what the town would be like. So we're glad that we were able to stop there even for a short time. It's famous for the black church, which has been restored, so it isn't quite so black anymore. Even here in front of the U, behind me now, it's the black church. It's not black anymore, but simple black. It was black like it was smoked three times. 1241, Tatar invasion. Then we have 1462, the Ottoman invasion. Then we have it's the main Gothic monument in Romania and houses a pipe organ consisting of 4,000 pipes, made in 1839, and it's still in use during their weekly concerts. Uh, it was renovated, of course, in the beginning it was built as a Catholic church, now it's Evangelic Lutheran, because we have here in Transylvania also Reformation started in the 16th century. Yeah. It's one of the biggest Gothic buildings, biggest Gothic structure from Vienna to the Black Sea. The town is surrounded on all sides by the Carpathian Mountains and is known for its large town square and all its red roofs. We would love to have more footage to share with you, but it rained quite a bit and we didn't bring our umbrellas to the lunch spot, so we kind of hung out there until Emmanuel rescued us with some umbrellas from the van. This episode isn't sponsored, but he really was a top-notch guide. There he's Johnny on the spot, always there when we needed him. Amazing guy. We spent the night in the medieval town of Sayasora. It is one of the most important urbanized cities in Transylvania, and it's built as a fortified and walled city. Some of its attraction comes from several cool towers that were their own independent fortresses, especially the one that is the main clock tower. Before we left on our own, Emmanuel gave us an overview tour of the city. The old town is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and it's built on hills. In the 1400s, Vlad Dracul, father of Vlad the Impaler, lives here in exile, and there are references to him here on shop signs. Sayasora is one of the few fortified cities that still is occupied. And while we were there, there was a small little festival that was happening with local dancers and lively music, which was really fun to see. 
The main clock tower is the primary entry to the citadel of the city and was built between the 12th and 14th centuries. If you look carefully, you can see the clock tower's rotating figurines that represent the days of the week and were added in 1648. Right near to the clock tower is a house that shows that Vlad Dracul was hosted there by the mayor from 1431 through 1435. Now it's a medieval-style restaurant. There's supposed to be a super lame coffin experience inside that that's touristy and disappointing, so don't waste your time or money exploring that. The cost for the accommodations for our overnight in Sayasora was built into the cost of the trip, so we really didn't pick out the hotel we would be staying at. But it ended up being this really cute 14-room boutique hotel called the Hotel Boulevard Sayasora. It was lovely. And as it was with Emmanuel through this whole tour, he went above and beyond, made sure we our rooms looked like we wanted, that everything in the hotel was working well, and they were all happy with our accommodations. We were back on the road by 9 a.m. the next morning, and our first major highlight was the town of Cebu. Cebu is one of the most popular destinations in Romania, and even though we only really dipped our toes in this town, we definitely see ourselves returning here in order to explore more. It has a magnificent grand square that was definitely grand. Its Baroque-style city hall sets the stage for the opulence here. When you go, expect to see the remains of medieval walls and beautiful towers. Around these walls, yeah? One, two, three, four, five. We were bummed not to be able to go inside, but one of the places you will want to see is the Gothic-style Lutheran Cathedral of St. Mary, with its over 73-meter-high steeple and two large pipe organs. One of the most unique things we've ever seen are the eyes of Cebu. Sometimes it's actually referred to as the town of Cebu because of the eyes. <laughs> if you look closely at the rooftops, you can see what looks like heavily lidded eyes. So one of the unique things about this town is a lot of the buildings have supplies they stored up in the attic area and they have these tiny little slit of windows that look like eye bumps on them so the eyes of the city are watching you yeah it's it's very cool because it really does look like eyes it almost looks like an eyelid yeah and certainly as you get closer and in some areas i could appreciate especially during times of the communist era there was a concern that maybe that's where spies were hanging out and people were being observed. And... Double meaning, yeah. <laughs> a huge statue of Baron Samuel von Bruckenthal, known for being a reformer of the Habsburg state, but also for his incredible art collection, is in front of the Bruckenthal Museum. It showcases the Baron's extensive European and Romanian paintings, furniture, exhibits, and other works of art. This museum has been open to the public since 1790, which makes it older than the Louvre in Paris. Again, there are lots of colorful buildings here. And Liars Bridge has a bunch of folklore tied to it, but one popular story is that the bridge will collapse when someone tells a lie while standing on it. We lucked out when Emmanuel asked us if we wanted to skip the Beertrand Fortified Church and instead drive along the Transfaragassen Highway which was built for military purposes in the 1970s. We'd heard that it has 80 hairpin bends and switchbacks, five tunnels, over 500 small bridges, and all sorts of twists and turns that we were absolutely unwilling to explore on our own. It was fantastic to experience its stunning views while having someone else navigate all those curves. The highway's peak is at Sertasora, and although it was foggy when we hit this stretch, the mountains and the landscape still took our breath away. It's only open from June through October or November due to how difficult it is to maneuver during the winter storms. 
We hopped out of the vehicle for a little bit and took some pictures. You can see that there's a cable car that goes over Balea Lake. If you're a braver soul than us, in the winter there's an ice hotel along this route, and one of the ways you can arrive is through the cable car. We stopped for a bit in order to walk through the vendors' booths and food stalls and eventually try a snack. Freshly made. Lemon. A dough rolled around a fig roll on a fire. Very good. What does it taste like? Does it sound does it taste like a cinnamon roll and rolled? It's lighter. I mean it's thinner, you know. Kind of like a fruit roll up but dough <laughs> and cinnamon. And warm and tasty for this this guy off the spit. Yeah. I'm not eating this whole thing, but you know. <laughs> You aren't or I'm not, no. Are you sure? I'm going to enjoy a few bites. The rest are for you. Oh, sure. The rest is for me. <laughs> we want to talk to you about our furry friends. But first, we're excited to share that we've started our own absolutely free community forum that we are calling La Familia. You can ask questions about trip planning and all things related to travel there. We're also giving you a chance to peek behind the scenes and are offering a bunch of other perks we're calling gelato levels if you decide you want to help support us financially as well. A video with the details is linked in the description below. One of the advantages of booking this tour was One Excellent Tours has multiple vehicles. So we actually had Emmanuel getting scouting reports from other guides that were further up the road for us. The lead tour guide was reporting bear sightings. Originally, I was a bit off-put to hear about bear sightings before we took this trip, but at some point my fear subsided and I hoped and hoped we'd be able to see a bear or two along the route. Manuel was keeping his expectations low, saying, can't guarantee bears, but we usually get to see at least one. So we were really getting uh, hopped up. <laughs> we got to see a bear now. There's got to be a bear on this trip. And of course, there are no guarantees. Even though there was a vehicle ahead of us that saw a bear, that's not to say that by the time we got to that spot, the bear was still going to be lingering. We couldn't believe our luck to actually see a bear so close to our vehicle that if we opened the door, it could hop right in. Unfortunately, they don't have a lot of fear of humans because people ignore warnings not to feed them. And people are really close by with food as we were driving down this road. So we were shocked to see uh, a bear. And then as we got further down the road, this campground of people outdoors cooking. It's like, that's way too close to the hungry bear. And here's another bear sighting only seven minutes later. It was also crazy that there were people outside their vehicle in front of us trying to take pictures. These bears could move very fast. Don't do that. How's it going? Crazy. You got it? Yeah. You make video? Oh, he's because he's puff. <laughs> he's begging. He just wants to shake. <laughs> Sorry, dude, I can't trust you. <laughs> you got those paws, man. Gorgeous. And then we were shocked because we got the astounding luck of seeing a third bear just another few minutes later. What is it? I don't know. Oh, young one. Like salami or something. Yeah, it looks like a sandwich. French fries to you guys. Chips to oh, french fries. Well, that's not healthy at all. That's not healthy for us. And although everybody knows that you shouldn't be feeding bears, it was still really surprising to see that people were doing it. Okay. Yep. Yes. Wow. Tiny eyes for such a big face, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Although Emmanuel had plenty of fun facts for the rest of the ride back to Bucharest, really there was nothing that could hold a candle to what we had already seen and experienced. And as promised, let's go through some of the costs we paid while on this trip. We paid $508.46 for this tour, and it was so well worth it. Renting a car and navigating some of the roads would not have been fun. And we wouldn't have scouters to tell us where the bears were coming. Pele's Castle was 50 lei for each of us. Bram Castle was 40 lei apiece. Lunch in Brazov was 150 lei. Cappuccinos in Sayasora were 18 lei. Lunch at Vienna Cafe in Cebu was 130 lei. That included a salad with chicken schnitzel for me. And a chicken dish with vegetables and sweet chili sauce called sisipan for me. And a couple of Strongville cider. At our hotel restaurant in Sayasora, we split a lava cake for 21 lei. And my cappuccino was 12 lei. We hope you've enjoyed this video and we'd love you to share it with your friends and family and subscribe if you haven't already. And check out FindingGinaMarie.com where Jude's got some great articles and we've got a lot of familiar forums there. Until next time. Until next time.